What is up, you guys? Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. In this podcast, we're going to take you down, pass your guard, and then steal your girl. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. If this is your first time listening and you are wondering what this podcast is about, this podcast is all about jujitsu and everything that revolves around it. Before I introduce to you our guests of the evening, I have to do some housekeeping. So first, if you like this podcast and you're getting something out of it, please tell one of your BJJ friends about it. And please hit that subscribe button. We are dropping new content every Monday and Wednesday and you do not want to miss them. Mondays, we have our Ratchet Roundtable, and we talk about our experiences moving up the ranks. We offer you advice that may help you in your pursuit of black belt. Wednesdays, we talk to our Ratchet experts that are also jujitsu practitioners and offer you advice in their chosen field of work. So you do not want to miss these. Second, and this is how we pay the bills, please go to RatchetDojo.com and support the cause by purchasing your limited edition t-shirts for only $25. And now, welcome to Ratchet Dojo. Your opinion, you can keep it. I'm undefeated, I really don't need it. All right, you guys, tonight we are joined by Mr. Greg Sirico. Greg Sirico is the owner of Odyssey Jiu-Jitsu in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, and he is on schedule to open up his academy, reopen his academy June 1st. So we were very interested in what he has to say as far as steps he needs to take and the things that we need to do, kind of like a blueprint. He's going to do it first and then we're going to follow what what he does. (laughs) And for the greater good of jujitsu. Anyway, so how you doing, Greg? I'm pretty good. How are you, man? Okay, great. And as always, we are joined by one of my co-hosts tonight. It is Chris Jesus Palmasano, as usual, on deck. What's going on, Ra? <laughs> All right. So, Greg, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? You know, when you started jujitsu, your academy, etc. Sure. So, I started jujitsu. I think it was like 2007. So, I started uh, with a Henzo black belt back in the day and trained with him with. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Alex Eklund, who trained in the uh, Master Sky Gym, but Alex Eklund was one of my first guys I started training with back in the days. I'm actually going to be interviewing him tomorrow evening. Awesome. Yeah, Alex <laughs> is, a, is a good dude. Me and him, me and him go back since like the, when I first started. Jiu-Jitsu, so he's a really good dude. You're going to have fun with him. Oh, that's cool. So uh, basically, uh, yeah, me and him started um, back in the day at uh, under uh, Henzo Black Belt. His name is Brian Glick. Started with him back in the day. Eventually, we kind of went our own ways. He went to Shaolin first, and I went to Shaolin a little bit after him. I was only there for a couple of months, and then eventually I found my way to Marcelo's and, and was there for several years. And then Marcelo's eventually, Marcelo eventually uh, promoted me to Brown Belt. And then after a couple of years of training at Marcelo's, I mean, you guys know New York City is a quite an expensive place. So me and my wife are always looking to buy a home, and eventually I kind of want to run my own business and do our own thing, kind of have a little bit more... Uh, length out of our, our paycheck, right? So she had an opportunity to move down here to Atlanta. She got a job down here. I looked it over and I said, this, this makes a lot of sense. So we, we got down here and after being down here for about a year, I said, you know, let me, 
opened my own business. I met somebody down here who uh, I was training with, who was actually a Henzo black belt. So we kind of got along. We were training a, a ton together and we decided to open our own gym together and been doing that now for about a year, year and a half. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And, you know, when you had to close down because of the COVID-19, how was that experience? That was, that was tough, man. Our gym actually was probably hitting a real good peak, man. We were getting a lot of new students. Our guys were getting really, really good. It actually stunk because we were really hitting a curve where we felt like we were starting to make a little bit of a name for ourselves. Uh, we had some people who would cross train regularly here. We had a lot of drop-in visitors. Actually, had Gianni Grippo come by and, and uh, hang out and teach a class for us when he was in town. So like we were just, we were kind of on a good track of, of building a really good program here. So kind of stunk that it happened when it did. You know, you can never plan for a pandemic, right? When you start a business, I don't think anybody puts their business model together. Hey, what are we going to do when a pandemic happens? So you just kind of have to roll with it and figure out what to do. But yeah, it was tough. And I think anybody who owns a gym or anyone who's in the fitness industry or anyone who's in any kind of issue where you're dealing with people, it's tough right now, especially if you're a small business. So I don't think anybody is, is in immune from this. Yeah, a lot of small Did businesses you, right now are struggling as far as like, you know, paying rent and some of them are even closing up. It's it's pretty bad out there. Yeah, it is. It's very real too. I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah. Did you close before you were legally required to do so? Yes, we did. So we actually closed prior to um, the government telling us to shut down. It was a little early. I think some people thought we were a little preemptive with that, but I just kind of saw some, some of the numbers kind of looked a little like worrisome and I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor at all, but you know, I mean, you, you look in the news and you see how many people are getting sick and you see how other countries had to impose some serious shutdowns. So I said to myself, well, what am I going to do? I, the last thing I want to do is have one of my students get sick and then all of a sudden cause like a, a crazy outbreak. So, you know, I just said, so let me just close down. And at first, when I, when I reached out to my students, I said, we're going to close down for two weeks, guys. Let's take the temperature on this and just see where it goes. And don't worry, we'll, I'm like, yeah, I think we'll be back in, in, in two couple weeks, you know? And several months are kind of gone by at this point. So, yeah, it's been been kind of wild. I don't know why so many gyms, uh, I think they kind of like, they get a lot of flack for some people who are still not opening up. And there are some people who are getting flack for being closed down. I, I think it's wrong to kind of just look at each business and tell them what they should and shouldn't do. Kind of a little bit of, like a little anomaly there. But for me, I kind of just wanted to be a little cautious. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little cautious. And, I told my students I'm going to close down. I told them that we're not charging anybody. I, I haven't charged one single member since I shut down and I didn't plan to. So, Wow. That's quite impressive. Yeah. I just decided I'm just going to do that and I'll, I'll eat the money out of my own pocket. Well, that's great. You know, I can't say the same for a lot of businesses out there that were able to do that because I know a lot of them are still struggling. So I have a question for you concerning what do you call it? Your gym being closed. Does your landlord giving you some slack? No, we were just, we're still paying it. Just what it is. Matter of fact, one good thing is that, so the space we were in, we were kind of, we were subleasing within this space. And matter of fact, right when this kind of happened, we just started to double down and kind of just take over the entire, entire thing. Did we know that, that this pandemic would be this crazy? No, but we decided to double down to the entire space. We actually use this time widely and we've expanded our entire gym. Like we've probably added another, I want to say maybe a thousand square feet of mat space almost. Like when it's all said and done, we're going to have probably 1,800, maybe 1,700 feet worth of um, square feet worth of mat space. And we so we built out more of a subfloor. We're just kind of condensing up the strength and conditioning program, which is kind of 
the front of the gym, did a really big paint job, which took us forever because when you're dealing with walls that are you know, 20 or 25 feet high, it's kind of annoying to paint that high. So we just took this time wisely because, you know, if we're, if we're closed down, we're not just going to hang around and sit on our butts. So we're just going to, you know, make the space as awesome as possible because we planned on doing that as we grow, but we got the gym shut down and I was take advantage of that time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good use of your time with that. And it kind of just reminds me of uh, a previous podcast that I did with um, Mark Adami, who's the owner of uh, Park Slope Jiu-Jitsu here in Brooklyn. And he mentioned that he's looking at this as an opportunity to possibly, not him, I'm just saying like other business owners, this is an opportunity for you to maybe, if you're paying way too much for your rent right now, maybe there's a better space for you down the street that it's an opportunity for you to expand in that, that sense, get a better deal and, and stuff like that. So for some people, this pandemic is going to actually work out a lot better for them. In your situation, you, you've expanded, you kind of doubled down on the space, correct? Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, I mean, it's easy for you to just, you know, sit around and cry about it and say, oh, well, whatever, Who you know, like, poor me, where you say, no, fuck it, let me like do what I can and make this business better. And, kind of use you know make the most out of your time right like you're gonna sit around and cry about it or you're gonna try to do something about it so right, right, to do right. The latter. but you're also in a position it sounds like financially to be able to do that to be fair with you no because this is my only job <laughs> so i'd be you know it's not like i have tons of money hanging around i've just when i first did this this business i was just you know i planned a little smart to have a little bit of capital reserve so we're kind of going through that right now it's tough i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say that it's easy, but I just feel like the, the right thing to do was to, you know, make the space better and to pause everyone's membership until we have something going. So I, I just thought that was the right thing to do. Is it the, fiscally, is it a good thing to do? Probably not. But the right thing isn't always a, the fiscal or prudent thing. You know what I mean? Like doing something that's prudent is not always better business-wise. Sometimes you have to pick one or the other. And I just I just rather do the right thing most times. Like I didn't start a jiu business to be like a multimillionaire. I started because I fucking love jujitsu and because mm-hmm. I actually care about people. So in a sense, I want to prove that that's kind of why I did this. Not because, you know, I care about charging someone a hundred dollars a month and being like, Hey, when we get back, we get back. Like it's great. And all, But like, this is a personal thing. No, that's great. That's great. I know for me, I'm going to a judo academy right now and I'm just allowing them to keep running the clock, so to speak with my payments, you know, because I want to support them because it's a smaller academy. They have, fewer students than my previous academy. So I'm I'm just like, you know what? I got it. I get it that everybody's struggling. So you know what? Why rent here is already so astronomical. Why well, have to worry about that one more piece when it's when I'm only paying X amount of dollars, you know? So I'm hoping that that my little stipend can help them get by this uh, or get past this whole uh, pandemic thing. Yeah, I, I actually have some students that actually did that too. And like, because when I told them I was pausing every membership, they're like, oh no, you know, just keep charging it. I'm just like, you sure? And like, yeah. And I'm just like, well, it's, you know, it's your money. And if you, you know, I appreciate it. And I just was like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's good. I'll, I'll do that. You know, if you initiate it, then that's fine. But like for everyone else, I was just like very more on the side of caution. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So now the steps that you're making, what made you decide to open up or reopen up again? Well, I mean, first of all, you, you kind of have to by whatever your, your state is allowed. So George has been super liberal about letting businesses open up. And that's, that, that is what that is. And at the end of the day, you need to, you know, your business needs to run. So before I started to open the business, I said, if we're going to do this, let's put some precautions in place. Let's talk to, let's take the temperature of our students and ask them what they want to do. Do you want to get back into jujitsu? What, how, how do you feel? Are you safe? Are you sick? Like, so I literally like, 
every single student I have, I just physically call each one of them and like sat on the phone with them for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just ask them like, well, how do you feel? Do you want to keep training? If you do, what protocols do you want to take in place? So like I took all that information and then I would sit and try to figure out, okay, what strategy can I do to get these guys to be comfortable and safe? And then I made a couple little phone calls to other people who own gyms and took their their advice. I talked to I talked to Rehan, I talked to Dan Koval, I talked to a bunch of people over the past couple of months and just kind of tried to make some kind of a system that would be that would allow real jujitsu or some real jujitsu, but still be safe. So I kind of developed it's not really a system, but it's kinda of like private training. So the thing is, from what I know about COVID is that your exposure rate is, is a big indicator of this, right? Sure, you can get it from, or at least we think you can get it from touching a surface. Like you touch a surface, you put your, you know, the virus might live on there. I might touch it. I might get it, right? But we do know that the closer contact you have and breathing on you is going to be a, a big impact. So that's why we have that social distancing. So if we limit the amount of exposure you have to a person, do we limit then the chances of you getting a virus? Yeah, we do. So I said, okay, well, the incubation period seems to be 14 days from when you get symptoms to when you're supposed to, or when you're exposed to the virus, do you, do you show any kind of symptoms and after 14 days? If you don't show any symptoms, good chances you don't have it or it didn't make an impact on you. So that's why I divided 14 days would be a good time period for you to be, have one dedicated training partner. And if you or that training partner don't show any symptoms, cool, now you can rotate to somebody else. If you do show symptoms, then you guys have to be removed from the program and you guys will be removed until you guys feel better. So we can kind of, that tracing system that, that some of the government keeps talking about, I kind of feel like that's a good way to trace it. Like if you keep it isolated, you can kind of remove that isolation and everyone else can kind of be isolated from that one little incident. So that's kind of the system I'm trying to put in place. Is testing like relatively available in Atlanta right now? Like I know uh, I'm not in the city currently, but I know my friends who are like, the city MDs and whatnot, like it's somewhat easy to get testing at this point. Is it like that in Atlanta at all? Yeah, it is. Actually, testing is pretty easy. So I haven't gotten tested for COVID, but I've gotten tested for the antibodies and I've got tested from two different hospitals. I showed up negative on both of them. So I was pretty sick when I visited New York later in 2019. When I visited Marcelo's late 2019, I got pretty sick. So I thought that might have been it, but I guess not. But then again, I've also you know, read some articles that say that the antibody test is like completely inaccurate and there's like a lot of false negatives and false positives. So who the heck knows? But as far as getting testing for COVID-19 and for antibodies, yes, it's pretty readily available. Most of the facilities down here, the urgent cares and the hospitals do have some availability. And I actually, when I sent out a document today to my students, I actually showed them a couple of links. Like if you want to get tested for antibodies or you want to get tested for COVID-19, if you have any symptoms or you've been exposed, here are places you can go so that you can get the proper testing before you do return to our program. So is that mandatory? It's not mandatory. I mean, I feel like I don't think it's right for me to tell people that they need to take a test before they come back. I would highly advise it. I think there's a difference between advising something and making it mandatory. You can suggest something, but at the end of the day, I can't really control what other people do. I can only control my little environment and I can control what you do inside my facility. I can't really tell you to go get advice. I can suggest it. I think that's more fair. Yeah, that's interesting. So like if someone has a cough or something, like so you, you do plan to be interventionist with regard to that? Like you're going to tell them to get oh, off the mat type of yeah, thing? Yeah, 100%. Like if you, if you show any kind of symptoms, if you're coughing, I mean, I'm actually, I don't know how effective this will be, but I did buy a certain so I can take everyone's temperature before you do take class. And then obviously, if you have a fever, you're obviously not training that day. If you are coughing and you show any kind of symptoms, you're being asked to remove from that class. Like, I'm not going to, that's, that's, and that's not a debate. That's, you need to go. Yeah, that's just the way it is. 
So, yeah, I mean, as far as how serious I'm taking it, it's pretty dang serious. Yeah, because it mean everybody's itching to get back to training, right? And I feel as if that people are trying to figure out a way on how to get back to the normal, you know, once this is all over. So you're telling me that uh, training partners, there's going to be like a 14 day, like I'm going to be training, for example, with Chris for 14 days, correct? Right. Yeah. So, and if I don't show any symptoms, then, and only then can we rotate. Uh, how are you able to, are you keeping track of that? Yeah. So actually, um, the way you book classes for our program is through MindBody. So you literally have to go in there and select the class you want. So I've already taken, so I've already taken certain students who want to do the, this, this type of program and I've given them partners. Like I've chatted with everyone. Like, are you comfortable training with this partner for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I am. Okay, great. So then you guys need to book the class every day together. So you book the class, he books the class, and then you guys come train together. I also have a measure in place that if for whatever reason, let's say you and Chris were partners, you come in, Chris is, a, I don't know, he's busy at work. He can't make class, right? Well, then you're going to do solo drills or you're just going to kind of stay off the mat. Like I'm not going to let you train with anybody else. So I'm going to make sure to keep the integrity of the program intact. So that anyone who wanted to do private zone training is able to do that and not have to feel like, oh no, who's this new person in here? What about spacing? So spacing, I'm actually keeping, I'm um, doing cones that are going to be in a 10 foot square. And then there's going to be six feet of separation to the next zone. So you're going to have 10 feet of a square to train in, and then you're going to have six feet separating you from the next zone. This is so fucking that's great. This wow. is so fucking wild, yeah, man. The fact that I'm actually well, that's what, and, this, and that's why I'm limiting wild. it to 10 people. I'm limiting it to 10 people. So we're really using like, do we have a ton of math space to do? Yes, but I'm using it wisely. I think I'm capping this at 10 people. I feel like having a small class is a little bit better in this pandemic. And you guys have plenty of rooms. So now you guys can, yeah, is it, is it kind of weird having a smaller class and having one training partner? Yeah, but it's, what's better, that or sitting home watching videos all day? Right. You know, is it perfect? No, but it's something. Yeah, I mean, I'm just you, uh, wrapping my head, head around this whole thing. It's so freaking wild just, just hearing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's just weird talking about it, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I, it's, even just talking about this, I feel like, what, what world am I in? But, you know, it's just a lot of it is just trying to trying to be serious about this, right? I mean, like, I have seen some gyms that's kind of going back to kind of normal things, like, ah, fuck it, like, let's just go train and everybody's going to that and whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, I'm not going to judge you if that's what you want. Fine, but I have some students that, you know, I got, I got one student that's diabetic. I got another student that, you know, has a mom that's super high risk. So it's like, I got to take that into consideration. It's just, I can't just tell them, hey, you do whatever you want to do and sucks to be you too bad, so sad. Like that's a tech. I don't want to be that guy. So I'd rather say, look, you guys do whatever you want to do, whatever's comfortable for you. You know, if you want to, I also do have another program that we're with regular training. So I'm having two classes each day. One class is going to be for normal training that people just say, oh, I'm going to do that class. I just, I want to go back to class normal. Cool. You're going to do normal training. You just rotate all the time. And I'm still capping that at 10 people, but I'm stepping another class that is specifically for this like partner private zone training, however you want to, however you want to like categorize it. And that's a whole separate class. And those two people can, and those people who are in each program cannot cross. So meaning if you're doing private zone training, you're never doing the, the normal training earlier in the day. Can you expand a little bit on, on what that means? Private zone training? Cause I, I kind of well, so don't have understand. Yeah, it's what I was talking about before, where you're just having one partner for two weeks okay, and rotating. Got it. I just call it private training, zone training. It's kind of the same thing. It's just mm -hmm. like you're having one dedicated training partner as opposed to being able to have several partners within one call. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But those people cannot mix. So if you're doing, if you decide to sign up for the zone program, 
I'm leaving you in that. I'm not, you can't just say, Oh, one day I'm going to, you know, go to the normal training and then go back to train with my zone partner. No, it doesn't work that way. It's like, you need to, the people who are in the zone program, they're taking things the extra step more carefully. So I'm going to make sure that I honor that. So this is like a, a question that I've thought about. It's like, right. We're a really litigious society. And uh, as far as I know, there haven't really been waves of lawsuits yet of people catching things. But let's say one of these other academies that's just throwing the doors open and just saying, like, no worries. Like, let's just go fully back with no precautions. You think, like, people are exposing themselves to potential lawsuits or, like, danger from from that aspect if, if there is, you know, God forbid, an outbreak or something in someone's gym? I think so. I mean, it's, it's possible. I mean, I think that's why. You need to um, make sure that when you guys come back to the program, like I, I know that at least I am, I'm working on some language that for like basically new waivers, even though you've signed a previous waiver, like I'm adding a new clause in there to talk about COVID-19 to ask you, where have you been? Where are your travels? Like, are you sick? Were you sick? Were you exposed? You know, what do you know about your, your you know, that kind of stuff. So I do think that some gyms when they come back to this should put some type of, some type of language into a brand new waiver. And if they're old students, they, find that new waiver talking about this because, you know, as a business, you should protect yourself. You know, I mean, I think most people come into this and you should know that if you're going into a gym, you should know that if you're going out into public, right, in general, you're going to Whole Foods, you're going to Trader Joe's, or you're going on the subway, you're exposing yourself to COVID. With all the precautions you take, you're exposed. We can agree on that, right? I mean, I think every, I think most normal people agree on that. So if that's the case, then what's the, going back to kind of what's been cold, it's not much of a difference between you doing that and going to a gym. So you just kind of have to realize that like, I'm taking risks. And with that, you need to put some language into your, pro- into your program and say, okay, I am, what are the precautions you want to take and make sure that your language covers you on that. So that's kind of the, the thing I'm working on now. It sounds like I, ha- I need to get a lawyer on and interview him. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea, actually. I, I would be super interested in hearing that from like a legal standpoint of like what language should be used to protect oneself. I think that's, that's something that I would be super interested in hearing. Yeah, totally. I'm on it. <laughs> so I have a question for you. So, you sure. know, you have this zone area, right? So there's 10 people per class. That's five groups. The separation is, are, are you, is it by tape or is it by barbed wires? Are you separating people that way? Ideally, I, I, I would, you know, <laughs> put a, you know, a cage around them, right? But like, we can't really do that. Or put them in like a glass case and be like, listen, now you can't even breathe on the person next to you. Like, oh my God. Can't really do that. I can't so I'm just literally using some, I, isn't, this, isn't this fucking wild to think about? But yeah, what I'm doing is I'm literally just putting some cones. You know, like, you know, like cones you would use like soccer, for like soccer yeah, drills. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all I'm using. I'm just using cones. And if you crash into the cone, I'm going to look at you like you're an idiot. Yeah, what are you doing? Get back, yeah, get back in your zone. Yeah, is there a penalty? I'm going to yell at you. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. And if you keep doing that, just the fuck out. Like, stop. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you so much space, but then, but then again, that kind of goes back to old, to, to jujitsu, right? Like, why is it that when the class is packed, things are okay. But when you got like four people on the mat, everyone kind of meets together in the middle. And it's like, really? Like you have so much space here, man. Like go on the other end. Like, why did you crash? Dude, that's so true. Like every, every time, like Marcellos is like always full. And then whenever it's not, people still find a way to like congregate really close together. Dude, I, I had one class once. It was like, it was, it was like, it was for a holiday. And it was only like, it was like me and like five of the people on the mat. And so I'm training on one end. And like this, these two guys, they're big, huge dudes. And they just keep doing, they're doing takedowns. But I let everyone start from their feet. So they're on the other side of the mat. And they're just constantly coming all the way across the other side. I'm like, do you realize like 30 feet that you just keep moving? 
And it's just like, really, man? But that's just jujitsu. Uh, well, it's kind of like a gym bag, right? It doesn't matter what size the bag is. It, it always gets full. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just using like these you know, soccer cones. I'm just going to watch you and make sure you don't crash into people. So as far as pricing is concerned, are you going to raise your rates? Are you going to just keep it the same? You know, because you, you have to add a lot more things, right? Like, for example, like uh, sanitation is concerned, like hand sanitizers, yep. wipes. Uh, I don't know if you have a shower, stuff like that. Some people don't even have showers, you know? Um, no, we don't. We don't have showers. Um, okay, that's so, actually something that we're thinking about down the road is, is possibly doing something like that. But yeah, we don't have showers currently. So that's, that's definitely a good point. But yes, we did raise our rate. And now I didn't raise on the people who are currently with us, but this is more for onboarding of new students. So like their, their rate would be a little bit there. One thing I've done with most of my students is kind of grandfather them in. And it's like, what's the rate you started? I'm keeping that rate for you. Like you believed in me early, like I'm still going to support you too. So it's like, I'm not changing that rate for them. If they decide on their own, they say, hey, I think I should be paying more. They decide, hey, you know what? I'm only paying this and I should be paying $25 more because you up the rate. Like I'll pay that. Yeah, of course. I mean, like then we'll rediscuss. But like if you're in dire straits, like, no, I'm not going to bust your balls about that. That's fucking stupid. Mm, Man. I'm kind of like so speechless. How, <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. Like I'm still wrapping my head around this. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, my mind is blown, man. It's crazy. Is it more because of like the, all the things I'm trying to do in order to try to get a real jiu-jitsu class going, or well, I mean, the I, fact that we're eating, that we're eating I mean, for it. me, it, I think it's just like you know, I thought about it, but now that I'm actually speaking to someone that's actually looking to take these necessary precautions, it's kind of like what, like you know, like what. <laughs> I think it's fucking crazy too, but I mean, like you know, at, at the end of the day, I got to think about other the students. Like I've literally talked to them, and some of them are like, "I don't even want to come back to train." I'm just like, "It's fine, I get it, man." Like, yeah, I'm not gonna bust. I'm not gonna bust your chops. I'm not gonna call you out or whatever. You don't want to train? It's fine. I'll just pause your membership. You want to cancel it? I'll let you cancel yeah, it, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, right. I get it. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna care. Like I'm not gonna keep charging you. Like I did this like to serve you. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm serving people, right? Like it's a customer service industry. Yeah. So totally. I'm serving people. So. I want to provide good service for you. And if I feel like I'm charging you and I'm not providing the service, well, then I'm being an asshole. And I also kind of feel like if I'm telling you that you should be training when you're not comfortable with, I'm also being an asshole. So I just don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> good policy. So in terms of serving people going on to that, how are you going to, or are you going to change at all the normal, like instructional format? So like the way, you know, the, the professors provide the material and the people crowd around the center area kind of thing like how are you going to deal with that? <laughs> that's actually a really good question so i'm actually going to try to so even for me right so i'm actually doing the same thing i'm going to zone train myself too and i just you know it's, it's going to be with my own my own partner that i'm going to pick and i'm going to and the, the partner that i pick up that i'm training with is also going to be the uka that i use anyways and i'm just going to be in a corner and so you're going to have to stay around but you're going to have to be six feet away from me as i you know as we demonstrate the instructions so it's going to be that part's going to be a little little awkward but we're going to, it's going to be trial and error, man. Like I, you know, I think going through this kind of situation, there's no blueprint for this, right? I mean, like no one says, Hey, here's the blueprint for how to deal with a pandemic outbreak in a jujitsu academy. Nobody has that. So we're kind of going on the fly. So a lot of things, like if you talk to me in two months, three months now, I'm going to probably have a lot more information and a lot of things that might have changed. I really don't have answers for that yet. I just know that I'm probably going to try to keep six feet away and see how that works. If I feel like people are not respecting that, I might have to change it up. Yeah, that's crazy. It's uh, you're exactly right that there's just no 
you know, whatever, probably the states will provide some vague guidelines for like, let's say a, a more cautious state than Georgia might provide more specific guidelines for gyms, but like certainly not specifically for jujitsu gyms. It's such like a, people are going to have to figure it out on the job a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, jujitsu is one of those things, right? I mean, it's as, it's as close contact as you're going to get other than sex, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, bro. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, think about it. Think about how close contact you are. Man. Like you're right on top of somebody, right? I mean, you're talking about like being right on top of somebody. So it's, you're pretty close. So, I mean, like, you know, how many times have you been training with someone? You're like, man, I, I totally smell what you ate or like you smell someone's fart. Like that's full time in jujitsu, right? Like you're that close to somebody. So breathing on someone, you know, their sweat, their breath right in your face, like how many air droplets you've been getting right in front of you. It's a lot. So there's no real blueprint. Like no one, I'm, I don't think anybody at the CDC is coming up with a plan to say, hey, if you get back into, into society, if you, this is how you deal with close quarters within a foot of somebody. No one has that yet. So can we just go we're back? Very, we're, we're a very niche, a niche business market. Yeah. So can we go back and just like, uh, I just want to just slow it down and break down th your steps once again, as far sure. as uh, reopening. So can you go over it again, but a little slower? Sure, sure. So the first thing that we did before we decided to reopen is I wanted to make sure that other businesses in the area were going to reopen first. And I want to make sure that the state guidelines were, in, were correct and we could open up the facility. So I didn't feel comfortable opening up a gym until other Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies or other martial art academies in Atlanta, in Georgia, were opening. So that was kind of the, the very first market. I don't care about being first. I care about being right. You know, I, I don't be like, oh, I'm going to be the first one to open up. Like, no, nah, it's okay. Like, I'll a few more weeks and see how things go. And if there was like another crazy spike that happens in the next couple of days, like I'm moving my date from June 1st to June 15th or August 1st. I don't care. It's like, that's the way it is. So I don't want to be first. I want to be more on the right side. So I started seeing other gyms open up and kind of observing from far what they're doing. And kind of then at that point, well, if they're going to open up, what precautions do we need to take? What precautions are they taking? I'm kind of just using other people and saying, do I feel comfortable like that? Would my my friends be comfortable training like that. And you need to take all that information and kind of derive your own, I guess, protocol of what you want to do, which is why I started coming up with things like temperature checking. I'm also requiring a lot of my students that if you come train in the gi class, like wear a rash guard underneath, right? Like no sweat can be dripping in my mouth kind of thing, right? So like wear a rash guard underneath, you know, things like that. So I'm taking some precautions like that. I'm also making sure that I have the levers in, in place limiting the amount of, of people in class because if you limit the people in class, you limit your exposure rate. I also have two garage doors that I'm going to open to try to get some cross ventilation. I don't know if that'll help. I'm not, like I said, I'm not an, it's an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor, but I'm trying, right? I'm just trying, trying to do as, as best as I possibly can. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying I'm trying. So like that's kind of the, the immediate steps I was taking. As far as like getting students on board, then it was about talking to my students, making sure they were comfortable you know, obviously the first thing you do is you do the legal stuff, right? You want to make sure that, that your state and your city are opening up businesses. Then you want to make sure that within your business model, what other people are doing. Other businesses around the area, I'm not naming names, but they're, they're opening. They're doing regular classes. They're just training as normal. So that's me. It, it, they're doing it. The government says to do it. The state says you can do it. Other business in the area are doing it. So legally, I feel like I'm in, we're, we're in a good spot there. Now it just becomes the right thing to do. And then that becomes what precautions do you feel like you should take? And then that I got by speaking to my students. And half of them like, who cares? I just want to train. And the other half are super paranoid. So that's why I kind of developed that 
separate little program that I, that I developed. Yeah. Remember back in the day when all yeah, you had to worry about is staff? Yeah, right? <laughs> or remember, 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 the, remember, the, remember uh, Duct Tape Guy? What? Pink Guy? You remember Duct Tape Guy? <laughs> I do remember Duct Tape Guy. Yeah. That was your biggest worry is like, what do you got under there? <laughs> <laughs> That's your biggest oh, worry boy. back in the day. It was like, what does he have that he has to constantly duct tape out what's going on under that skin? <laughs> that was your biggest concern. It's like, you want to train? No, I'm good. I have my round. I'm good. Yeah, you know, but like, yeah, I don't really want him to get a grip on my neck because I don't know. Well, that, well like, I do. That was your biggest you. concern. Yeah, I mean, I do commend you for taking these necessary protocols and steps in order for you to move forward. Because for a lot of people, it's just like you know, that sounds like it sucks, you know. But as a business owner, it's like you have to do all these things because, like, number one, you're committed to your passion, uh, which is teaching people and helping people, you know, using jujitsu. But at the same time, it's like things are definitely changing and it's like, wow, my mind is still blown. I can't wrap my head around this thing. It's just like, all I want to do is just go back into the, into the academies and just like go live and and go crazy. But all these steps that you're taking, it's like, it's kind of like the new norm, right? Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I don't know how it is up there in New York, but down here, like when you go to Trader Joe's, everyone's wearing a mask. You're standing six feet away from people. They're letting two people in at a time. Like just, you know, it's, it's different. I mean, so it's a different world right now when you go out there. It's, there's pre-COVID world and post-COVID world. Oh, Post-COVID yeah. world is, it's different, man. It's like, you know, it's kind of a hybrid of like The Walking Dead and some video games you watch where you're like, wow, this is a weird world I'm living in. So yeah. I really don't, I really can't wrap my brain around it. I'm, I'm still processing it, but I'm just trying my best to kind of like carve out some type of training scenario that makes people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I might have it wrong. I mean, I'm totally going to admit, I might have it completely wrong. Maybe I'm overdoing it, but I'd rather overdo it than not, than just be like, ah, whatever, let's just, let's just train and whatever. And then imagine one person in my gym gets sick. Mm-hmm. That's a story, right? Now my business is kind of, kind of fucked. Well, Someone's going to turn around and say, I, I went back to started. training and I got sick at your gym. And it's just like, yeah. But if someone gets sick and I took all these precautions, it's like, well, like that's just the way the world is right now, man. Like nothing I can do. Like, you can get it, like I said, walking down the street and bumping into somebody. You can get it in an elevator. You can get it grabbing a piece of fruit at the supermarket, right? So if that's the case, then, I mean, as long as I see the precautions, there is an air of like, I care, and which is true. I do. And that's why I'm not doing this because I just, you know, I want to make myself look good. I really give a shit. And I really value like what my students care about. And by speaking to some of them, they're just super paranoid. You know, some of them are like really, really worried. So I says, okay, what can I do to make you guys feel better? Mm-hmm. And they started saying, well, you know, maybe we could do like train one person or whatever. And then that's how I started thinking about, well, maybe I could just do that. And maybe I could say, hey, you have one dedicated training partner. Hell, there's, some people that are couples, they train together, like I'm like husband and wife, and they love training together. I say, Listen, if you guys want to train together for a month straight, I don't care. Who's you on the mat? Have you thought, on that training? Have, yeah. fun. have you thought about like masks while they're training? Do you think that that's going to be I a thought thing? about that. I did think about that. If you come into my gym and you say, I want to train with a mask on, I'm going to say, cool, good, you train. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you no. I, do I think it's going to make your jujitsu much harder? <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be harder, hard to breathe. I mean, that's going to be really tough. I think you're probably going to want to get rid of that for the first roll. But if that makes you more comfortable, sure. It's, I don't care, man. And someone could come in here and say, I want to roll with a hazmat suit. Like, I'm going to be like, all right, fine. Like, I, might think that, I might think that you're a little crazy, but like, you know, a little overdose. But, but what if I it mean, says show your roll in the it. back? Well, then, then they're good to go. Then, then, I, then, I, then I know they at least got some high level. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll, I'm I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll try taking their back, but I'll just roll off the hazmat suit. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man. 
trying to I'm trying to bring light to this whole situation, you know, because like my mind is completely blown. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's a real thing, right? I mean, like yeah. there are real people that yeah, are really man. getting sick. Like, yeah, man. I, I think some people have to. Sometimes you got to realize, like, yeah, it's a story, and just because it's in the news, just because it, it, it doesn't impact one person, like in your immediate circle, it's, it, there's somebody. You know, with that six degree of separation, it's probably someone along the chain that has been impacted by this. Yeah. You know, like my dad's boss got it, you know, and he's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's real. Yeah. That's the way it is. What's crazy, though, is just thinking back, right, normal cold and flu season or whatever. Someone has, like has a little cough or a sniffle or something like normal circumstances. I literally can't think of any time in jujitsu other than maybe someone has like active ringworm or something like that where I'm like, worried about this at all in a training context of like oh now i'm gonna get the flu like what the fuck like whatever it's just like it's been live and let live for 13 years and as far as i know i haven't gotten anything like that but with this it just feels so different for whatever reason it feels like get this and you're done like it's over you're gonna spread it to everyone you know and it's gonna be a nightmare and i think the reason for that chris is Specifically because of the, the novelty of this, right? It's like anything else. When something's new, it, it's kind of scary. It's like, what the fuck is that, right? So something new comes along. We don't know a lot about it. We don't have a lot of data. I mean, like, not only do we know not much about the virus, but what do we know about the after effects of it, really, right? We're still trying to figure that out. Like, what, what are some long-term effects here? Which, you know, I'd love to hear more doctors on, on maybe on podcast stuff talk about, you know, any patients they've seen post-COVID and, like, what their life is like what their lungs are like, like what their, you know, symptoms are like, you know, even if you're fine from it, like you have any lingering things you're dealing with, like there's a lot we don't know. Right. Yeah. So I think that's part of the scariness if you don't know it. Whereas the flu, I mean, you know about this since you were a kid or chicken pox, you know about that since you were a kid. Right. I mean, things that you've been inducted to as, as a child or in your early years, it's different than something that just comes out of nowhere. This, it feels alien to us. Right. It feels like something very like, where the, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. I think, that's the, I think yeah. that's the scary part. That's where people get, you know, where that fear comes in. And, and it's, it's right. And it's justified to it. So real talk, real question for you guys, you know, and, and, and some people, some of my friends have like told me about this, but you know, it's like, do you guys really think that this may be the end of jujitsu? Uh, Chris, I want you to answer, can you answer that Come one? on, jujitsu people are too crazy. There's no way that I mean, think of the amount of people who train with like really serious injuries or just like they're totally falling apart and they just keep coming to training. I feel like on average, you know, the average jujitsu person is like fairly healthy and fairly young mm-hmm. and people just love this thing so much, right? It's, it's like the thing, um, right? Surfers who are at an area and there's a shark attack and then like the next weekend, you know, there's people back there surfing. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just aren't going to get back on the horse. But I think there will be this initial caution because for for what Greg said, I mean, for me, I mean, the reason I'm not looking into training right now is, yeah, I'm I'm living with my parents right now. And uh, yeah, my stepdad's like 77. So, you know, that's a risk. And then for other people, this worry about these long-term effects. So maybe some people will be cautious, but once it opens back up and people, Greg's gym's open and everyone's fine three weeks from now, three months from now, whatever, you're like, ah, eh, you know, I really, really, really miss training because I certainly like really fucking miss training and it's been two months. Yeah, I was actually going to say that's probably accurate, man. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, let, let's, I mean, let's be fair, right? I mean, jujitsu people, I would, say, I would say most people do combat sports in general. Are some of the craziest son of a bitches I've ever met, and, and and in a good way, 
right? I, what I mean by that is that they're mental, a lot of them are mentally tough, man. Like for you to go to a place where you know you're going to get your ass handed to you consistently and be okay with that, like that's going to take a lot of mental toughness, right? So for you, yeah, I mean, is this new and different or whatever? Sure, but I don't think it's going to scare anybody off. I really don't think so. I, I mean, to piggyback off what Chris was saying, you know, people train with all kind of crazy shit, man. I mean, there, there are people who train with heart problems. Where if they, they, if they train too hard, they could have a heart attack or, you know, a seizure. I mean, there are people who train who have all kind of stuff, right? I mean, all kind of crazy spinal issues and joint issues and all kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, I don't, I don't think this is the end of jujitsu. I don't think this is the end of any businesses that we've seen pre-COVID. I'll put it to you that way. I don't think, I don't think that's true. I, do I think that people are going to be a lot more cautious? Yes. And do I think people who are high risk need to be even extra cautious? Yes. But eventually life goes back to the way it is and hopefully, you know, medical technology catches up and we can get better testing, more accurate testing, you know, ones that are maybe, you know, it would be nice if we had a test that would tell you in five minutes whether you have it or not and it would be really cheap. You could provide that to most businesses and most things would kind of go back to normal. But, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I don't think it's the energy just at all. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that. What do you think, bro? What do I think? I think yeah. you're right. Me personally, I think I'll wait a little bit longer to get back to training. But as far as my physical exercise right now, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm currently like literally sparring in the park with my friends who have been quarantined. So we kind of just been like training every day, just doing that, you know, and um, being the shit out of each other in the park. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you know, people that do this type of sport is crazy. So... <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of. You I, guess, know, I mean, definitely resilient people, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're willing if you're willing to to sit there in the park and get punched with people in the face left and right, I mean, yeah, you're gonna go back to that. You no, know, even jujitsu people, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're gonna eat someone's freaking forehead to the jaw, chin, you know, while somebody's passing your guard, you're you're a fucking tough son of a bitch, you know. You're gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely I, I completely agree. I think people who do combat sports are like some of the most mentally tough people I've ever met. Yeah. So. I don't think this is this is nothing. If there were different businesses, different business models where you didn't have to be mentally tough, maybe I would say maybe you got a shot. It's a niche thing, but no, no, not this. Got it. This no way. Got it. So I need to take a a pause, you guys. So um, let me call you guys right back. Okay, intermission. Okay. 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 Your opinion, you can keep it. I'm undefeated, I really don't need it. Undefeated means I'm winning. If we had a race, I'm the one who would lead it. I would lead it to the finish. They try to defeat me, these motherfuckers cheating. If I'm breathing, I'm going to always be talking yo, yo. 40 and ducking the deep. Hey, bro, let me uh, get Palmasano back on. Really okay. All right, all right. Okay, so um, just to, I guess, uh, wrap this up because, uh, you know, we, we talked about a lot of things and, and like I said, you know, uh, my mind is blown and it's going to be a new norm. Any suggestions or advice that you can give business owners that's going to be looking forward to opening up or reopening up their academies within the next few weeks, few months, Greg? Yeah, I think for one, realize why you started this, right? You started this because you, you love jujitsu and what it did for you and you kind of want to use that framework to build better people, right? At the end of that, right? So if that's the case, really talk to your students. Okay, talk to your students. Really talk to them. Like actually have conversations with them. Don't just think, oh, this is whatever. Like talk to them. You, got, you, got, you have so much free time right now. You have no excuse not to spend 10 minutes on a phone call with a student. 
no excuse. Just give them a call. Ask them how they're doing, you know, how they're handling this. And then chat with them and figure out what they want to do, what's comfortable for them. Because at the end of the day, you're serving these people and you want to put together something that's comfortable for them. You know, you can't really think right now about growing your business, so to speak, and trying to, you know, grow your numbers and try to scale your business. You're just hoping to get from month one to month two. So if you're hoping for that, go back and start thinking about the students you have and the dedicated people you have and how you can make this business work for them. You might call you, all your students and 90% of them say, fuck it, I want to train with Pohada tomorrow. Fine, do it. That's okay. And you might have the opposite. You might have a bunch of students that's like, oh, I don't know. And you say, well, okay, can I come up with a different scenario? Can I come up with something that is more inducive of social distancing impacted, which is kind of a little bit of a hybrid of what I'm doing? I think you need to talk to your students. I think that's the most important thing. I, I don't think it's a good idea to just decide to do for whatever. I think you need to be a leader, you need to be in charge. But at the end of the day, you need information from your students about what they want to do because at the end of the day, you are serving them, right? They're paying you for a service. So serve them. Cool, cool. Chris? Yeah, man, I think that's really well thought out. I think um, just specifically, yeah, your step of just like taking the time to get on the phone and just as you put it, like taking the temperature of people, like, you know, the no pun intended, but... (laughs) Yeah, it might very well be that you just have a group of people who are like, you know, listen, I don't live with anyone old. I don't think I'm in any particular risk. Like, I just want to train. Like, just put me back on the mat. If I need to do temperature testing or whatever, like, you know, that's fine. But I just want to train. And then, yeah, for other people, like, you might need to really maybe construct a separate class or just some some version of training where they'll be comfortable and it might be not like the training we're used to, but hey, there's a lot of improvement you can do on the mat, even solo drills. Like I know anyone up to a fairly high level, there's like some movements you could be working on. There's some things that you could be working on that don't require like hard rounds with eight different people per day. Like, so yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you're really, uh, that's like a really good approach for it. I think you're, you're right on the money. Yeah, I, th- I think one other thing just to kind of add on to this is when we're talking about the, oh, well, you know, you're going to have one partner for, let's just say in my program, you're having one partner for two weeks. Now, I think there are some people that might look at, oh, man, that's fucking boring or like that's not really going to help my jujitsu, right? I-, I could see some people having that reaction. I do have a different counterpoint to that. Have you ever thought about this as a time to do other things with your jujitsu? Meaning like, okay, so maybe you do more positional training. Right. And you try to maybe you try to work on a B game. Maybe, you you know, especially if you're the partner that you got put with. If just, let's say you're a purple belt and he's like a, a low level blue belt or he's a high level white belt. He's like the skill level is kind of off. So maybe you work on some different stuff. Maybe you let him actually get in, in worse positions to try to work out of it. Maybe you try to just start in certain certain positions that you suck at, you know, or certain games that you're just not very good at. And try to hone in on those. So there are ways to improve yourself in a very weird scenario, right? Like, remember back in the day when Marcelo, like, you know, we would talk about how he used to train with a bunch of white belts and still got better, right? You remember, you guys remember that, right? It's true. I mean, you, you, can, you can make the best of a situation. It's very easy in this, like, privileged world that we're in to be like, oh, well, I don't have all of this stuff. Make the best of it. Like, make the best of it, man. Like, I think it's, it's easy to sit back and bitch and cry and be a little, you know, be a pussy about it, but it's fucking... Like, don't do that, right? Like, you know, suck it up and fucking make the best of it. No, it's true. I'm scared. I'm sorry. There's a bunch, yeah, of, man, There's a bunch of little bitches out there. That's fucking true. Man. Everyone likes to complain and fucking run their mouth. And it's like, dude, just make the best of it. Stop being a little bitch. 
And with I that, think people will be happy to just be on the mat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like people are going to be happy, like even if it's not optimal improvement, like, you know, or whatever, how you're used to training. Like I can only speak for myself specifically on that. I'll be happy to be back on a mat doing fucking any version of grappling, jujitsu, whatever, even oh. light blocks. I'd be fine to do light blocks. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. People who are, who are jujitsu hardcore people, don't take anything, man. Like it's, it's, it's like a drug almost. Like I'll take, I'll take what you got. Like you got just, just guard passing today. All you gotta do is guard pass and reach that. I'll do that. I don't care, man. Don't, don't do it. So yeah, you're totally right, man. Any resemblance of, like I said before, something is better than nothing, right? Like do we either sit at home and Imanari roll around our fucking chairs or do we get on the mat? It's a good point, man. It depends on the chair though, really. What brand? Yeah. Just what if it's a short chair? You can't get on me. That's gonna suck. Uh, all right. Well, well. With that said, um, for me, my take on all all this is just like you know, I think in in the next few months, it's going to suck. As far as you know, it's an adjustment period, right? Like even business owners, maybe a lot of students are not gonna come back, you know. But you are gonna get only a handful, maybe you know, a little bit more. But serve those few, you know, and um. Just like what Greg said, you know, we, we, at the end of the day, we were in business, but we're in the business of, for people, you know, it's just customer service. And, um, as for me as a practitioner, I definitely will be taking my time to get back into the academy as far as training is concerned. And I, I like that idea of, you know, being able to be stuck with one person for a while in order for me to be able to be, to get back into the swing of things, number one, and number two, to be comfortable enough to keep coming back. So yeah. at least that's from a customer's perspective. Yeah, I'll just, just one quick thing before we yeah. do go. I actually told some students, there were some students that like, I've actually offered one, of, no one's taken me up on this yet, but like, cause they're all gonna go into the zone training. But like, if they were still super, super scared, I told them like, you can, if you only want one partner and you don't wanna come to a class cause you don't even wanna be in the same building as somebody else, like that paranoid, like, in my off time, I will fucking like just come to class and I'll just I'll teach you something. It's fine. Like you can come, bring a partner that you're that you want to train with. I'll bring my partner and I'll show you something and I'll roll my partner in the corner. You roll yours. It's fine. That's great. So like on my on my off time when I'm home, hopefully doing something else in like non class hours. I've offered some students like you can do that too, and that's fine with me too. Like I just want people to to be comfortable mm -hmm. and I want them to be happy and I want them to know that I I actually give a shit. Yeah, man. Being a business owner, you got to do whatever it takes. And at this, you know, where we're at right now, you have to kind of just suck it up and just do whatever it takes to keep that one customer, you know, happy. And like exactly. you said, you know, it's like it only takes one thing for a customer to just go away. So, you know, that, let's not give them any reasons to do that. Right. Exactly, man. And you got to realize why you started this in the first place. It's, it's, it's to care about people. So. Yeah, that's great. That's brilliant. Any last words, you guys? That was great. That's up for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, th thank you guys so much, man. I actually, I miss you guys a lot up there, man. Like, uh, I tell people down here all the time, they're like, what do you miss most about New York? And obviously, aside from like my family and stuff, I miss the guys at Marcelo's. Like, you guys were like, like family to me. So it's like, that's, that's definitely something I miss up there. Yeah, man. Dude, it's really great talking with you, Greg. It's been a long time and I'm glad things are going well down there. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. All right, Greg. So uh, we'll keep in touch so we can find out a progress report. Maybe I'll, we'll talk to you in about a month or so and uh, we'll take it from there. All right, buddy. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for man. All right, you guys, as always, uh, thanks for listening until next time. Ratchet Dojo signing out. Keep it ratchet. You guys. Peace. <laughs>